everybody. Uh, this is Jordan with the Crohn's Veteran Podcast. Uh, welcome. Um, I'm joined today by my amazing co-host, uh, Renika Wood and CJ Cabrera. How are you guys doing today? Great. Awesome, awesome. And we, we are honored and grateful to have an amazing guest. Tasha is uh, here with us today to tell us about her IBD journey. How are you doing? I am doing good. How is everyone today? Mm. Good, good. We are doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm very, very grateful over here. And, um, you know, we'll just uh, get right into it. I'm curious, you know, what, you know, what is Tasha's uh, journey with Crohn's been looking like or IBD? Not to assume. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I do. I have Crohn's disease. I was diagnosed in 2004. I had just turned 17. Um, I had got sick a few months before my 17th birthday. Um, I was misdiagnosed a couple times. Yeah, they told my parents I was anorexic. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um, I was actually formally diagnosed about three days after my 17th birthday, which was something that I wasn't expecting. I had never heard of Crohn's. Nobody in my family had Crohn's at the time. Something we had never heard of. But just the shock of them telling you you have an incurable disease was like a gut punch for me, especially at that age. Um, I spent most of my time at that time just avoiding it. Like, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want anybody around me talking about it. I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want, I didn't want to, like, accept it. Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. if I don't talk about it, then it doesn't really exist. And I, we went on for quite some time like that. And then um, I had a few flares after that, but... It was like maybe a, a like a I don't know maybe five or ten years of me just like having a flare, going to the hospital, getting better, going on about my life. Like it hadn't really affected me mm. to a okay. point where I was like really like really had to like stop the brakes and really. Mm. I was able to always bounce back and go back to work or school or whatever it was that I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2017 when I got like the sickest that I have been since my diagnosis. I was pregnant with my second child, my son, and I just wasn't getting better. I was on Humira and at four months pregnant with him, I had to get my ileostomy which was supposed to be temporary at the time, just until, just to make it through the pregnancy. And it was hard. Like it was, we had to do the ileostomy just so I wouldn't die or he wouldn't die. Just so what both of us would make it to the end, basically. Um, I still ended up being hospitalized like once a month because it was just a a hard time. My oldest daughter, um, when I was pregnant with her, my pregnancy sent me into remission. So it was just great. So I wasn't expecting for this to happen with him. Um, I ended up delivering him in February. 
and they asked me if I wanted to get the ileostomy reversed after that and I kind of felt better like better than I had been feeling but I hadn't got to the point where I was like better Mm. um just better Mm. than the death that I had been feeling before um fast forward to about six months after I had him I ended up having my colon totally removed um and like the rectum and everything, everything got removed. And that was probably the best Crohn's decision that I've ever made. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing I could have ever done. I wish I would have done it sooner. Well, like I had a couple of complications from the surgery, but even that I have such a better quality of life now. I'm such an advocate. Like if it's ever brought to anyone and you're trying to decide whether you should do it, do it you'll feel a whole lot better like the best thing that ever tried, ever did happen to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. wow all right yeah. i'm sorry go ahead jordan he has something yeah, to say you, i got something you, to say you, know, you, you, you can go ahead no you go ahead jordan we, we're so excited <laughs> okay. um well i was just uh, i was just well i was gonna ask you though to kind of maybe expand yeah expand on that because that's just really compelling you know you know like you know you know Maybe for folks that are listening that may not have, you know, IBD or Crohn's or something, they're hearing, they're hearing someone, you know, uh, detail, you know, how they, you know, that voluntarily, you know, doing that or get, or get an opportunity to do that and like, you know, the quality of life, you know, so this may be expanding, yeah, like how you came to that decision, you know, like, or, um, or were you given the decision, you know, or is it, so, or is it, was it something that just kind of like, you're in a really bad place and it had to happen or, you know, like what happened? Um... When it came time to have the total collecting, I was in a place where I didn't have a choice. Mm. Like I had a slight choice, like I could wait, but I probably wouldn't survive another three to five years versus if I had the collecting me, then I would have another 50 to 60 years. So in my head, it was like the choice was really made for me. Mm. Yeah, like... Mm. <laughs> the scales were yeah, it's like this big, like, outweigh the bad for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I uh, again, like I have two kids, so I have to think about things like being here for them. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. decision was really was made for me. And then after talking to my family and everybody, just kind of being like, "Yeah, this is probably the best thing for you." My mom always says, like, hey, I knew this was going to happen eventually. It just had to come when you were ready. And I was like, okay, everybody's on one on one accord and one, everybody, let's do it. Like, this is probably the best time. And I don't regret it at all. Like, it was, it was scary, though. Like, I bet. trying to make that decision. I was afraid of the surgery. Once they got to telling me, like, you'll be under for six to eight hours. And I'm like, yeah, people die from just regular surgery. So I was afraid of that. But I think I was more afraid of the Crohn's killing me before that. Cause that's how I felt at that time. Like it was really bad. I couldn't, I could barely hold my baby or walk to, from my couch to my to my kitchen to cook dinner without being doubled over in pain or crying at night because I was in so much pain. Like I, my life, life had totally stopped. 
like I had to stop working, stop driving, stop everything. Everything just had to stop for me. So I was becoming really depressed and I didn't recognize myself anymore. And my daughter was like five at the time. I'm like, this isn't the life that she's used to. So the decision was really made for me. I can I, I can I can empathize with not no not with that kind of not that kind of you know surgery but a lot of those emotions and stuff and so and so um uh, thank you for sharing that and um uh, I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop being a babbler over here I'm gonna let, I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you know Tasha just hear your story you know um I've heard a lot of women say that when they are pregnant their bodies do go through go through remission with irritable bowel disease. I don't know the signs behind it. I've been reading about it. I met a doctor who actually has Crohn's and found out she had, I'm sorry, had um, ulcerative colitis. I found out why she was pregnant and she had ulcerative colitis. So, um, but a lot of people do go remission and I'm so happy that you were able to get through those challenges. You know, um, being a mother, you know, being an advocate, a survivor that's there surviving this, this chronic illness, like what keeps you going and keeps you motivated in the process through all you've been through? My kids, they're my they're my why. Like it's easier to 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 make it through the day, and then you just have to realize that it's it's not always going to be bad. Right. You have your moment, and then you move on mm-hmm. to maybe maybe you just move on to your next. Oh my God, woe is me moment. But you move on. You can't stay there. And then I didn't plan on becoming like an advocate or anything. I kind of just fell into it kind of um when I had got really sick I was looking for people like online and on Instagram just so I have someone to relate to or to be like oh well this happened to them and I couldn't find anybody so I had to become the person that I needed back then so that's kind of what motivates me and now I've found so many women that are like yeah, I went through this, or this happened to me too, or this different thing happened to me. So now I know to look out for this. Like, hey, such and such told me that this happens to them. So I know to bring it to my doctor. Like, I know what this is already, and we're about to work through this. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like meeting people like you online. I was just like, hey, girl, tell me about yourself. (laughs) So we mentioned this before the podcast a lot, though. The, like us being females and Georgia Tech being males, like the, the dynamics of the the virus. I mean, the virus because my computer's on my virus up here, but of the disease is <laughs> so, so different for female and male. We have different uh, different challenges. I want to say um, our 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 body, our anatomy is different than males, so we have different challenges that we don't talk about a lot openly due to a lot of fear and, and judgment and uh, a lot of insecurities also about that. But, you know, um, just the overall awareness and now we're more able to connect with people because the internet is big. And you can find people, but back then you could find maybe like one person here, but no one was even sharing. And now we're able to share, connect and bring awareness. And I'm just happy for the, the community that we are part of because we all advocate alike differently, but having the same accord on what we're trying to do collectively. I agree. I agree. Like people kind of just want to share the surface stuff. The oh, you have Crohn's. I mean, you go to the bathroom a lot. Then it's like, but there's so many other things that are affected 
when you have Crohn's, the like eye issues, um, mouth issues, like there's so many other things. And then the emotional aspect that comes along with that. And then I know for me, when I had to get the, um, to get my bag, I was, I, the, like the van, the vanity part of me took over. Like, what is this? This isn't cute. Like, how am I going to be cute with the bag? Like, this ain't going to be cute. Or is it going to stink? Are people going to see it? And like, I had all these thoughts going, like, am I still going to be lovable? Hmm. Or just things that you make up in your own mind and the people around me were like yeah you'll still be you you'll just be you with the bag and I wish somebody would say something to you about it like you're not gonna be made to feel uncomfortable and I think that's where we need to like bridge the gap more people need to talk about it because a lot of people have not just one bag but some people have multiple ones it's true so it's like those type of things I think we need to bring more awareness to and those stigmas need to be tossed in the trash. Yeah, like, yeah, like go away with the quickness. Yeah. <laughs> you got a question, CJ? Uh, we got some questions in the chat, actually. Um, somebody was asking if they could ask a question about a J-Pouch. His name was Andrex. Um, go, you can go ahead and ask your question, Andrex. Also, Miss Sassy Girl says, hey, uh, Renika has some of the same concerns. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Miss Sassy Girl. That's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hey, Brittany, Carla Stewart, and Genesis Stubbs. How are you guys doing today? Thank you guys so much. When you were when you were talking about being pregnant and then having to get uh, ileostomy, um, how was your how was your what was your thought process through all of that? What was your how was your mental health? I was afraid because like no lie when I when I heard that like my heartstrings pulled. I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my god. <laughs> uh, it was another one of those times where it was like the, the decision was kind of made for me. I was really sick and my doctors felt like, hey, like you probably should do this just to give your body a chance to rest. And it's already going to go through a lot with you being pregnant. Mm -hmm. So let's put this party, let's put your colon on ice kind of like we'll we'll revisit this. Let's just get you to the end of the pregnancy. And I remember my OB telling me, like, look, I can't guarantee you anything, but I can get you to 34 weeks. Anything after that is going to be risky for you, but I can get you there. Okay. And all I have to do is get this bag and my baby makes it out okay. Great. Let's do it. And it was just, I kind of had to take that approach for me to actually make the decision. But then once I had it, I, I kind of withdrew from people because I didn't want people to be able to see it because of course now my belly is bigger so now now I'm more self-conscious like oh my god can people see it can people like I don't want anybody to know don't ask me about it like I didn't even tell a lot of people about that first initial surgery like mind your business <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
nobody needs to know. But at the end, I think it saved both of our lives. Like it, they got me to where I needed to be, to where I was able to have a successful C-section. And he's great. He caused a lot of problems, but he was great. He's great now. It's a very happy ending to, to, to that story. Yeah, it was it was a happy ending to a, a roller coaster ride. Right, right, right. Um, you know, so like, and so, uh, what are, you know, so what you know, so what are some of the things that you know that um, you know outside of you know Crohn's you know uh, advocacy, you know, are there any, any any other things in your life that you know that you're working on or that you know that you would like to, uh, or even or even within the Crohn's advocacy, kind of both, you know, like the stuff that you're working on in general. Like and maybe and then maybe some kind of cool things that you would like to see happen with your advocacy. Um, I started a blog cool. where I thought that I was gonna blog about just like being a mom and those type of things, but somehow I ended up blogging about my Crohn's because I found that a lot of people were more they have more questions and other people it made them feel not so alone so just me talking about my experiences with just everyday life being a mom with IBD is not easy some days I don't even want to get up or some days I can't get up but I have a two-year-old so it's like you have to push through and a lot of people those stories resonate with people and I was really shocked like people like people care like other people go through this it's not just me and then um like I said I had to stop working so I'm a stay-at-home mom during the quarantine so when the quarantine started I kind of felt like everybody was in a panic and I was like welcome <laughs> like find your snacks mm-hmm. find your seat on the couch right, right. like I've already been living this life and everybody else just kind of caught up to it yeah. so it was like that that was interesting to see how that played out um what else uh I just became a ambassador with Kochi cool I thought that you guys had Nicole on a few weeks like, yeah, ago like, like definitely like definitely um, veteran so Definitely. Yes, like that was like that was something coming from a person who never wanted to talk to people had like me having Crohn's or other people knowing that I had Crohn's. This is like I'm making big steps. I'm, I'm making big steps. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me personally, just to come out of my own shell. Right. I mean, you know, to you know, it's not easy, you know, even to tell your story, even if you've done it before, it's still not easy doing this stuff, and so you know, you know, we, you know, we appreciate and you know, and, and the Melody and Nikki over at uh, Kochi. I mean, they're they're amazing people doing amazing things too. So, um, so like, I was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like a Melody story is, you know, it's amazing, and Nikki's story, like, you know, we, you know, you know, we interviewed, you know, we we, we hope to interview Melody soon, and we've already interviewed Nikki and stuff, and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's you know, amazing people, and uh, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with Crohn's Better is just trying to get as many perspectives, as many stories from as many people, um, from as many places as we can. And, um, you know, because, you know, everybody, everybody's, you know, IBD story has value, but, you know, and so, um, you know, yours, 
you know, we're greatly appreciative for. And um, so, uh, and so I would say, you know, working, I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna see if anybody else is in. Um, oh, someone, someone wrote, uh, my Tasha baby such a- I wanna add something to it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cool, yeah, you, you're getting some, uh, I think I think about my connection. I froze. Okay. Hold on, we'll let it come back. So, um, I know I'm frozen again. Question: He said, "Have you dealt with anal fistulas?" Well, no. She, she, she yeah. had that.
Tisha Rice says, uh, my Tasha baby, such a survivor. Genesis says, we're definitely here for the growth, Tasha. Um, Andrex uh-huh. says, I sympathize. Thank you for answering my questions. Uh, Quintina, I'm sorry if I didn't say that right. You make it look so good, Tasha. And then she also said nitroglycerin. Question mark. Uh, <laughs> Taj is in here. Shout out to Taj. She also said nitroglycerin. Yeah, shout out to Taj too. And you know, someone said, someone said yeah. hashtag pretty in paint. So yes, you know, yes. Yeah, a lot of love over here. It's dope. A lot of love. So, <laughs> a lot of love, Tasha. So, um, yeah, so the, I love them too. Right? So, uh, you know, and, and we, and we greatly appreciate, you know, everybody watching, you know, you know, listening and listening to our show. It's awesome. Um, how can how can people find you, Tasha? You can follow me um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Crony Mommy, and you can um, visit my blog at thecronymommy.com. Cool beans, cool beans. All right, CJ, you like um, you want to take us out, man? You know, tell you know, tell people how they can find us. All right, y'all. You can find us on Instagram at official.cronesveteran. You could follow Renika at Crones and Se- Crones underscore and underscore sexy with two X's. You can follow Jordan at Crones Veteran. You can follow myself at Papuro. And you could check our website out at www.cronesveteran.com. We also have our merch there on there. You could check out our merch. Um, Renika is wearing our hoodie right now. You can see that. Also, you could check out our podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and a whole bunch of different uh, podcasting platforms. So, you know, we on here. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for coming out. And we'll definitely check you out next week. So we'll see you later, gents. Thank you. Like and subscribe. <laughs>